Hey guys, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. My name is Nate Antitomaso, here with Evan Knowles. This week we're going to get into K-12 education. Apple had an event here in Chicago in the Midwest last week talking about how they see the future of technology in the classroom. We're going to give our takes and we kind of disagree a little bit. It's a good conversation. Stay tuned. All right, guys, welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Once again, my name is Nate. I'm here with Evan. Hey. Thanks for tuning in. We just want to remind you to follow us on social media, across social media platforms. We are at Middle Tech Pod. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can follow us there. We post content. We make sure that you know when we have a new episode coming out, and we're going to start posting some kind of extra additional content there as well to keep you tuned in to Middle Tech and everything that's going on in technology in Kentucky, the Midwest, and beyond. We also want to let you guys know that you can email us. Our email is middletechpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have any comments, any thoughts, any suggestions on the show, or any topics we cover or should cover, uh, shoot us an email there. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you're thinking um, and what your opinions are on the tech space. You know, that's why we're starting the show, to get the conversation going. So we want to hear from you there. Yeah. Yeah, it's important for us that the community, you know, of Lexington and Kentucky uh, starts talking about tech more more often because it's really important uh, what drives you know innovation and growth and that's the only way Kentucky's going to continue to grow is if technology starts to become more prevalent of a topic for sure so let's start the conversation on our social and at our email uh, so today we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of a regional uh, issue and a regional uh, news story that's come up this week uh, on Tuesday Apple had an event in Chicago based on education yeah so Education is one of those areas, you know, we talked about in the last podcast with, with Doyle, yeah. where technology is really starting to move into the space. Mm-hmm. You know, forever, it's just been textbooks, it's just been dry waste, erase boards, blackboards, desks, and just buildings. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of technology implemented into the classroom in a really effective way. Yeah, nothing effective, I, I think, is the big point. Yeah. So, so you're starting to see, you know, Google and Apple... A lot of software companies move into the space because they realize how big of a market it is. Mm-hmm. You literally have all of the United States going through these school systems, using these devices, using the software. It's a great time to acquire users and get you know data yeah. and to you know provide a service, a really important service. Mm-hmm. So it just makes a ton of sense for technology to move aggressively into the space right now. Yeah, you have a built-in captive audience. Yeah, you know they have to be there. You they know have... the demographic. Yeah, you know everything about them. You know their location. So it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and, you know, I think technology in, in the, in, through the past has moved more seamlessly and more easily into higher education. Yeah. Um, you have a more informed uh, user base there. You have um, usually more money invested in the space in general. Definitely more money. Yeah. So, so it was just kind of an easier integration. But now we're starting to see more full systems and, and full focus on this non um, higher education, just this primary and secondary K through 12 education. Yeah. All right. So the story is Apple held an event at Lane Preparatory School in Chicago, mm-hmm. which is you know a tech focused school. Yeah, more PhDs come out of that high school than any other high school in the country. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So they held this event, uh, and the whole idea of it was to just put 
Apple on the map, on the radar for having a focus on education, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's, it's about time that they do this. Google's had a huge head start. You know, there was a stat that Google uh, has way more than half the market share at this point. You said 60-something percent? I think it's 60% is the number that I saw. And, and that's up from 9% in 2013. Yeah. And that momentum uh, is not going to be stopped. Google has, I mean, Apple, in my opinion, has already lost. It's a hot take. It's a hot take, but I'll tell you right now, it's not going to change. That will not change. I'll get to it, you know, later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Google's got a head start. And so you were saying you think that's because of price. Yeah. Um, so the, the price of, of these um, pieces of hardware is obviously the, the biggest factor. You know, whether it's a public school or a private school, um, everything in the school system is based around a budget. How many teachers they can hire, what the facilities are like, what the food is like. Um, everything is based around the yeah, budget. And so sense. technology, obviously, is part of that budget. Um, and so when you can get a Chromebook for 100 to $150, why are you going to buy an iPad? So what Apple did in this event is they introduced um, a new iPad. It's their, their basic just iPad. It's not the iPad Air. It's not the iPad Pro. It's just iPad. For schools, that pricing has come down to $299. And it works with their Apple Pencil, which they introduced last year. Um, along with the iPad Pro. What the Pencil does is it creates new ways to interact with the device um, through drawing and force touching and things like that. Um, and their software now for the iPad, iWork, um, Numbers, Keynote, all of that kind of stuff, um, that's going to work natively with the Pencil as well. So they're banking on this reduced price of $299 as well as these um, new features with their productivity software to really be compelling for schools to buy these devices for students. Yeah. However, it's still double the cost of a Chromebook. Yeah, 300 to $400 is really expensive, mm-hmm. especially when you you know multiply that out by the number of students. You're talking yeah, hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. $150 per device when you have 1,000 students is insane. Yeah, well, and then Apple is even worse. Well, I'm saying a $100 difference. Yeah, oh, $100, that's what you're saying. $100 yeah. between the Chromebook no, it, it and the iPad. It's a big difference, uh, and so that's another spot you know, that Apple is really struggling on. Uh, and, and going forward, I'm not sure they can change that. You know, Apple devices just continue to get more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Android, uh, Google all along has focused very heavily on the software rather than the hardware, which is the opposite of what Apple has done. Yeah. And so... Apple, I think, is taking a two-pronged approach for both. Yeah. I mean, but, as far as, like, smartphones go, I think Apple all day, laptops all day. <laughs> But yeah. as far as, so here's the difference in what, in what I'm, I'm thinking. So with education, yeah. you have all these students. Mm-hmm. It's all about collaboration. It's all about the software. Because when you're a student, you're using all these different you know, educational tools. Let's take a book, for example. Yeah. You don't care about the manufacturer of the book. No. All you care about is the content you're reading yes. and the words on the pages. Yeah. And so if you're, same thing happens with, with the technology. Mm-hmm. All you need is a way to consume content. Mm-hmm. And collaborate with your with your fellow students, so that's where I think Google has nailed it. Their collaboration tools are web based. Their you collaboration need, tools are better than any. You don't else's. need a specific device. The problem with Apple is, sure, you might use Apple when you're in in the school, mm-hmm. but let's say the rest of your family uses Android. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to collaborate with them the same way that you would on you know Chromebook, yeah. where anybody can log into Google Docs, Google Sheets, and edit from any device. Yeah, so that's where Apple uh, is really gonna struggle is the software side, which is what I think is the most important part of, of education. 
Because you gotta. Well, that that's been their their whole mo from the beginning with the walled garden mentality. You know, whether it's education or your content through mm-hmm. iTunes and iPhotos and whatever, everything that they do is seamless within their own um, ecosystem. But once you try to get it out, that's when you have issues. Yeah, and it, I think it's worked for them so far, though. Is not a not a place that that can work. Because let's say, uh, you know, a student. You know, a lot of students move around in schools. So you mean from one school to yeah, another, yeah. And then yeah. if you need to take that data from you know your Apple device and move it over to another device, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that, just like you would with Google. Yeah, but I think that might be less of an issue than you think because I a lot of these plays from from all the companies for um, K through twelve education is kind of creating a system for within the classroom because obviously each classroom has a different class plan and a, a well, different lesson plan. So all those are web based. So think of think about like a, you know at UK we used uh, Instructure, yeah, uh, which is a the Canvas tool, so yes. Canvas, yeah, web based. Doesn't matter what device you're on, it works across all of them. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is if you change schools, mm-hmm. you will be learning something different at this time of the year at your new school. So I don't think you need to directly take everything you worked on from the first school and bring it into your new system because mm-hmm. they'll have their own system and their own stuff that they're working on. Yeah. Well, just my point was not as much about students moving schools, just about the difficulty that they would have moving their you know work from one device to another when they're so used to just a web-based platform to get mm-hmm. stuck inside an ecosystem. I don't think it makes a ton of sense in education. Okay. I don't know. I, I think I would actually, I would argue against you in that, in that instance. I think... I think the walled garden approach is something that's super interesting, and obviously it is something Apple's been doing from the beginning, and there are downsides to it, but overall, it's worked. And I don't know why, you would think it wouldn't, but but overall it's worked so far. I think we could do a whole episode just on that. Um, in education, though, I would say it's it's one of the places where it fits the easiest, just because you're going to want... Your your personal data obviously very protected within um, within that space that classroom and you only want to share that between you and your teacher. But also what you're working on is, is so personalized to who's in that class, what the lesson plan is, how how quickly the students are learning um, the lesson, how quickly you individually are learning the lesson. So that's where I think it it wouldn't matter as much as in regular life of how easy it is to get the content outside of the system. I, I think it seems you're focused very, very much so on, on the software of it, where I would, I would say the hardware is, is the biggest piece yeah. in, in K-12 education. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not sure uh, these, these students coming up in K-12 through are as worried about, you know, what, what their device looks like uh, or, you know, the way that it functions as much as they should be focused on the tools, the software tools. And so mm-hmm. that, that's what I'm saying is that the software, you know, needs to be the main focus because the only hardware that's ever going to change education in a really meaningful way hasn't even arrived yet, and that's going to be VR. VR, not AR. Uh, you know, I think VR is going to be more immersive. Yeah. I think it's going to be more experiential. Uh, both of them are going to have a huge impact. Yes, for sure. But I think those are the only two hardwares uh, that are really going to change, you know, education, whereas a laptop, it doesn't matter. It's just a screen and a keyboard. The software is what matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the better collaboration, uh, the better the tool, 
I think Google, you know, killed it there. Uh, that's that's my argument is it's software, not the hardware. I think I don't think it it matters. I don't. My argument was I don't think it matters if I have an iPad versus a Chromebook. It might matter that you have a physical keyboard with the Chromebook. I don't know. Um, but I think what matters with hardware is the the cost yeah. and how easy it is for these schools to get a cart full of iPads or a cart full of Chromebooks, or even if they're lucky enough to have the budget to give a, a Chromebook to every single student. Yeah, that That's what matters the most is the the accessibility of the technology and right now the biggest factor to accessibility is cost and so that's why i think hardware matters and i think anything that's i agree with you um this is not going to change apple's share because of the price Mm. um i agree with you that apple's shares of the the market is probably still going to stay very low but i don't think it's the software yeah that's going to do that yeah i think what will change the market is if something comes in at fifty dollars Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And you know, I went to a high school that supplied every student with with an iPad. Did you really? I was the last class not to get an iPad. Really? And so, you know, I wish I did. You went to a private high school. Yeah, right? I went to Saint X in Louisville. Yeah. I did as well. They didn't allow us to have iPads or, or laptops. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, from what I noticed, uh, and like Doyle was saying, you know, I don't, I'm not sure the technology affects the education too much. It just helps facilitate it. And give students, you know, more accessible way to consume content. That's that's a really good point. Um, that might be, that's something that is really interesting with software. You know, Doyle's um, his, his PhD, his, his what's the word? His thesis. His thesis. His thesis was that technology helps education, and what he found was technology facilitates communication, which is what actually helps education. Yeah. Um, and that's a very simplified version of it. In that instance, I think software matters above all else um, in how easy it is to communicate with each other. Yeah. So the only, to me, the only hole that I see in my argument where the hardware matters more and the walled garden is okay is if that walled garden somehow cuts you off from communicating with people you need to. Yeah. Where I don't think it would because probably those people that you need to communicate with are in your classroom when you're that age. But maybe it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, the big thing, you know, about the iPads was we had all of our books on there. Uh, we had, um, you know, all the video courses that we could watch after, you know, outside of the classroom. You had Khan Academy, you had YouTube. Yeah. Then you have all these distractions. Mm-hmm. So you'd be, you know, sitting in a math class and two people in front of you would be playing video games. On the iPad. On the iPad. Yeah. And so... You know, the the school implemented that while I was still there. Um, and it was just really interesting to watch, you know, the, the dynamic unfold as you saw these students use the technology in ways that it wasn't meant to be used. Yep. That's that's another thing that I think would be remiss if we didn't touch on um, from, this, uh, from this keynote that Apple had on Tuesday. They introduced two new um, pieces of software as well. Um, one was called ClassKit, which is ways that um, third-party apps can um, deep link, basically. They can integrate with um, Apple's new class kit, which allows um, teachers to assign different tasks within apps, different reading, different completions of uh, an activity or whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, almost like a canvas, yeah. almost like something that we've used in higher education. Um, but they also 
introduced um, new security settings um, and new uh, management settings. So teachers and even IT administrators can say, this iPad can be used between these times, it can visit these apps, it can go to these websites or not, whatever. So I think we're starting to see um, those kinds of issues being tackled. And whether it's an iPad or a Chromebook or whatever, um, that's really what's going to help the, these technologies come into the classroom. Hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, I, that, that's why my high school didn't allow um, any kind of technology like that. Our phones were supposed to be um, put in our backpacks and our lockers. Yep, that yeah. was a rule at my school as well. Really? Yeah. Even though you could have the iPad? Yep. Really? Yep. It was, it was interesting. That was, that was a rule the whole time I was there. But when I was younger, um, I, I went to the same school, middle school and high school. Um, so when I was younger, in, in seventh grade, it was like, if, if you had your phone, you were getting detention. But as we got older, you know, phones became smarter and a much more daily and very active part of your life. I noticed that rules started to be relaxed. And I yeah. wonder if that's because people were noticing the inevitability of technology. Mm-hmm. Well, another, another thing that, that Doyle brought up was that a lot of the innovation in education has been pushed by the students, bringing their devices into the you know classrooms and into the universities. Mm-hmm. And so... Then the question is, does it make sense, unless it's a school in a really, you know, impoverished area where these kids can't afford it, yeah. does it make sense for the school to mandate what hardware the students are using? Um, no. I, you don't think it makes well, sense? that's a really interesting point. Yeah. That's really interesting. My, so I've been kind of having this whole conversation under the assumption, because this is kind of what Apple's assumption was in their event, that a school or a class is buying yeah. the technology. Yeah, which is what my high school did, but it was baked into the tuition. Yeah. The, uh, you know, in a public school where tuition is you know, paid for by the state, mm-hmm. then what does that look like? That's, that's a really good point. So if there's no budget for devices, h- how do you handle that as a, as a classroom? Can you even use technology to a, a necessary extent if you know, 10 people are going to have this device, 10 people are going to have this device, and 10 people aren't going to have... Mm-hmm. a device at all yeah well and again it gets back to my point where i think the software is what matters in that instance yes yes 100 percent. yeah i would because is it realistic that all of the high schools grade schools can enforce where and, and afford this technology across the board i don't know if it'll ever get to a point where that is a focus because no, then not with the way gonna, we currently fund you're going to start to have yeah you're going to start to have teachers you know get paid less or a lot of them get laid off and we know that's one of the last things that need to happen. Is yeah. teachers getting paid less or there being less teachers. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot to be figured out still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, you know, how it unfolds. But I'm not sure people should be comfortable or I don't think the focus should be on buying the, the students, the, the technology. I think the focus should be on, you know, focusing on how to improve the, the software and accessibility to the, to the technology for the students. Mm-hmm. And so accessibility, you know, cost is still a huge thing, whether it's the school or a person buying. Um, but if if it's very consumerized, which is the word the word Doyle used for the, the idea of students bringing their own and, and kind of forcing the school to become more technologically savvy, if that's the case, um, everyone's going to have different stuff, and th- that's when software becomes becomes really important. As for... I I just I'm keep in my head I'm just still stuck on how do we even use technology if 
in the classroom if everyone's devices are so different. I'm yeah. just I'm so stuck on that kind of mental exercise right now because I'm imagining myself as a ninth grade teacher and everyone has a different device. You can't use any of those management platforms we talked yeah. about. Well, what do you do? You know, so how to use it effectively? Well, I think that's why the web-based software matters so much. It's because it's, a, it? it's just a collabor- It's a collaboration tool, and so inside the classroom is where uh, the students collaborate. They work together to talk about you know the content. Teachers answer questions, but the software really kicks in when they leave the classroom. When they leave the classroom, that's when they consume the content. They take the tests. To, you know, the, the teachers get okay. them. They they take the quizzes. They look at their notes that they took, you know, during the class and during the collaboration. Mm-hmm. So the software, you know, works in the classroom, doesn't matter what device, and then it works when you leave, whether yeah. you take the device home or not. Okay. So I see what you're saying. I think that's the idea. I believe it's called, like, flip classroom. Yep. Um, and so the idea of your, what was traditionally a homework activity you do with people in groups inside the class, it's more like the real world. And then you listen to a lecture or a lesson or whatever outside, just like you would watch a YouTube video or something mm-hmm. at home. Khan Academy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, there's a bunch of studies that show that that's more effective. Um, and honestly, yes, you're, I think you're right. Software is more important than that in making sure that you can consume easily outside the classroom and however you track that, whatever, is, is easily brought into your activities inside the classroom. And I think both, both, in, like both components to this instance that we're talking about are probably more real world realistic so the the idea of students providing their own technology and um software being how that technology is linked together Mm -hmm. um both of those things is probably you know obviously we're not in a k-12 school but i would assume that's how it's working right now and just from because of that cost hindrance that we've talked about that's probably how it's going to develop in the future unless apple and google get deals with these schools or, or something like that going. Um, I know that's something that Apple tried in the past. Steve Jobs tried to get the Apple II into schools. Um, he, he lobbied Congress personally to get tax incentives to do that. Um, but I think just like back then, that's probably the only way that we see these closed-off systems that they talk about. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very important for, for these systems uh, to be open uh, and for, you know, again, people to move in and out of I think I think it's important. Yeah, it is. But I, I think the most effective thing would be, you know, I'm going to use the Apple example because that's how we started this. The most effective thing would be how they talked this week. Everybody had an iPad. Everybody's working through the iWork suite of software. I actually think that would be more effective. Yeah. But probably not real. Yeah, and I think there's a few spots where, you know, closed ecosystems could, could make the most sense. Anything where there's a lot of collaboration. Okay. So I think, you know, the medical field or the engineering field, I think it, it yeah. would be important for everybody working in that space to have the same device, you know, to have the same software, obviously, mm-hmm. because, you know, every little detail matters in those fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think having a closed ecosystem would make sense there. But again, that's a very, uh, you know, that's the minority of, of education, and that's higher education, which is a totally different story than K through you know, 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. It, it definitely makes even more sense there. So I, I think we've kind of reached the end of the discussion because I think we just keep coming back to the point of software versus hardware. And I think it's obvious Google's taken a, a software approach, but making sure to keep their hardware cheap, whereas Apple has 
taken the approach that they've always taken of we have premium hardware and we have a walled garden. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It will. Yeah. And again, it's one of the most important pieces of technology going forward uh, is education because that's the most important thing somebody grows up with is education and how they you know, are, are formed in the environment they're in and education and technology, those two put together, uh, you know, and, and they change, you know, everything about your life when you grow up. Yeah, and, and technology has become such a deeper part of young people's lives and obviously education has always been a deep part of young people's lives, so they just need to keep getting more and more integrated and they, yep. they will, and we'll see who owns the space. Yeah, it's probably my favorite space in technology. Yeah, I, I know, I know you're, you're, really, you're really passionate about yeah. it. Um, it's going to be a much different landscape in five years, um, both on the K-12 level and the higher ed level. So I'm sure we'll be, we'll be covering it even more yeah. moving forward. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you again, guys, for listening. Once again, follow us on social at Middle Tech Pod and shoot us an email. We want to hear from you guys. If you think we're stupid, let us know. If you have your own opinion or you want us to talk about your topic, just let us know. It's middletechpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.